Hello, this is Reverend Erehe I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. We ask that as a church you will bring us understanding even in today's word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm speaking on the power of covenant. I want us to sit down. Very slight movement, very slight movement. Children can cry, they can scream, whatever it is, let them be seated. When your child is crying in the house, you don't take them out and say, hey, go out of the house. You know? Praise the name of the Lord. The power of, someone say the power of covenant. The scripture for the month is Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. He said that therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps commandment and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love and keep his commandment. This is a blessing. It says that therefore know that your Lord God, he is God. Talking about the creation of the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's a faithful God who keeps his covenant and mercy. Not only for you, for a thousand generations with those who love and keep his commandments. So the covenant is based on love and keeping his commandments. Praise the name of the Lord. So what is covenant. Covenant in the Hebrew it talks about cutting because in those days when we're going to have covenant, the they people have, they have to cut animals and there must be some bloodshed and all that. And please, I pray that none of us here have gone into that kind of thing years back where God have mercy. Let me leave it there. I'm just preaching now. So let me just go on my word. Then in the, in the Greek, it's translated also as covenant, but it is a legal term denoting a formal and legal binding declaration of benefits to be given by one party to the other with conditions attached. Amen? With conditions, some say with conditions attached. So the covenant operates with conditions. Very, very important. So covenant is an agreement. So what does it mean to have a covenant with God? Within the gospel, a covenant means a sacred agreement or a mutual promise between God and a person or a group of people. So it's a sacred agreement, mutual promise between God and a, a person or a group of people. In making covenant, God promises a blessing for obedience to particular commandments. So in a covenant, God promises that if you do this and you do this, I will do this and do that. So making and keeping covenants with God is a source of strength and power we need in the days ahead. One of the things I want you to understand is that I know that it's good that we are born again. We are uh, we are Christians, but you must come to a point with God that you and God have covenants. Praise the name of the Lord. Because your covenant 
is your source of your moral and your spiritual power. And sometimes, to have this thing, you must have it through God. Praise the name of the Lord. So God himself has always planned to have a covenant with his people. In divine agreements, God binds himself to sustain, to sanctify, and to assault us in return for our commitment to serve him and to keep his command. So, if we keep God's command, he's obliged to, and the Bible says he's not a man to lie, he's not a son of man to repent, has he said it and will he not do it? So, it's very important that we must understand that there's a place God wants us to come to him in covenant. And I've been saying it from January that I believe that this year of increase has, is not only you, but God wants to establish something through you through your children, through your children's children, through your children's children's children. Amen? The thing is generational. I don't know if some of you have known the Queen's Network. Huh? The Queen who just passed on. The Lord... God accept the queen. But the queen, do you know her net worth? Over $500 million. Billion dollars. Her net worth. That doesn't belong to her. It's a generational blessing. So the, 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 uh, the King Charles III now has come to enter the thing. Then if he also finish, William will enter the thing. So he's there. Praise the name of the Lord. So God is not just interested in blessing you alone. And we must move away as young, as Christians who think about only ourselves, but we must be able to establish relationship with God that goes beyond us. And there are rules of engagement. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to use a, a textual concept to explain what I want to share with you this morning. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 to 8. Can we put on the real light so that we see each other's face? Eh? Um, uh, media, I know that you people want the thing to be. Let's put yellow, uh, white. So let's put on the light. Praise the name of the Lord. When Abraham was 99 years old, Genesis chapter 17, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me blameless, and I'll make my covenant between me and you. I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face as the Lord God talked with him, saying, As for me, my covenant is with you. You shall no longer be a father of, you shall be a father of many nations. You're, you no longer. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations out of you. Kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. 
for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I will give to you and your descendants the land in which you are a stranger in the land of Canaan, an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. Wow. Praise the name of the Lord. So, God calls Abraham and began to show him as a model of covenant. Because Abraham was the first person that God used. That's why the Bible said he's the father of faith. And these are the things Abraham did that made him have faith with God. Amen? It's not about Old Testament, New Testament matter. These are the things that were taught so that we can understand what the New Testament says. Amen? So the first thing the Bible says that, and God came when Abraham was 99 years old. I want to tell you something, that when you enter a covenant with God, it does not matter how old you are. God has a way of turning things around in your favor. And he says that the Lord came to him and said, walk before me blameless. Very important. He said, walk before me what? Let's all say, walk before me blameless. Yeah. The first requirement for any covenant to work in your life is that you must be blameless before God. You must be blameless from sin. But our righteousness is in God. But when you get born again, you can't be playing with sin and think that you are going to succeed. Walk before me blameless. Some say blameless. That's having a right standing with God. Make sure you are really born again. When you come, you are really born again. You are really born again. But not only that, we must be blameless towards people. So your, your righteousness is from God, living a righteous life, a holy life, a very good Christian. Number two, you must be blameless towards people. Because I have seen that some people who we call Christians can be very treacherous. How blameless are you towards your neighbor? If covenant will work for you, do you underdig people? Do you intend to destroy people? You must deal with people equitably. Can I tell you something? When you enter a covenant with God, be careful that you don't cheat people. In business deals, be, be, be equitable. Be very equitable. Don't borrow people's money and not pay when they ask you, you get angry. And start spreading rumors about the people. Be blameless. When you stand before God, number one, let your righteousness be... be number two, nobody should be able to say that you have done this and this to me. Very important. Don't shortchange people when you are doing business with them. Because, you see, I'm, I'm going to go to the next, the next blessing. Because I, we must be shrewd in business and understand, but don't cheat people. There's this habit that people say that, I hear that people say that when they get, even artisans work for them, 
Artisans have come to complain to me. I work about 10 million, 10,000 for somebody. The person give me 2,000, 3,000, 1,000, 2,500. So at the end of the day, the person worked for 10,000, which you could have advanced the person's life. But because you are the person who has money, you are giving that thing in bits when you're supposed to have, have finished paying it in full. Because the attitude is that some people up there don't want you to be there. Am I speaking to somebody here? Be blessed. Don't cheat people. God does not bless Yahoo Yahoo. God does not enter that kind of covenant. Fraud money. No. Number two, he says that because of that, he says that walk before me blameless. Walk before me blameless and I'll make my covenant with you and multiply you exceedingly. Verse 2. And I'll make my covenant between me and you and multiply you exceedingly. When you are in covenant with God, the covenant makes you multiply exceedingly because of the supernatural factor. Supernatural factor. So you are all running the same business, but there's something on your business more than any other business. And God will multiply you. God will multiply you. One of that's why I want to say this to you. That's why sometimes Friday night we are praying here. There are some things you can't sit in the house if things enter your hands and the thing diminishes. You are dealing with what the scriptures has not said. So you must be able to do warfare. Don't sit down and think that it will happen. It is, it is illegal for you to start a business. And when you are working hard and toiling, doing everything right, doing, keeping the books well, and the business dies. No, that is not in the scripture. It's not in the scripture. So if it is going contrary to that, what do you do? You must enter a spiritual gear. Because the things we see in the natural is not what is in the spirit. Talking to you as your, 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 your pastor. I've seen people who are dealing with strongholds. Every money they give them, because it has even broken marriages. Where your husband gives you money to start a business, you, every, you don't know how the money got lost. Even there are some people today, when you put money down and you go back, I don't know, how will you put money in your room? Now, when you have cards. And some of you put money on before you go back into the place. The money has some money has left the money. And so I don't know, I didn't count it well. Count it well next time and check. Something is trying to defraud you spiritually. I have dealt with cases where people keep money before they go back, the money has reduced. They were paying spiritual dues to an entity. So when they say come and pray, you are dealing with things that I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about. Because it says I'll multiply them. That means God will bless their endeavors and you multiply whatever you put your hands to do. Your labor and work in the marketplace. If you're in covenant with God. God I'm not saying that you wake up in the morning and find money. I've not found money on the floor, even not a coin. But when you labor, you see results. I declare over somebody here, 
anything that takes away from you illegally. In the name of Jesus, in this month of covenant, I decree and declare that it will not happen anymore. We seize the move of that spirit. We curse that strong man. We curse that entity that wants to take away from you. And the Bible says when the enemy is still and is caught, you will restore a sevenfold. I command a sevenfold blessing over your life. It's illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal. I will multiply you exceedingly. So one of the one of the things that you must be always be thinking about about your life is that am I multiplying? Am I going down or coming up? And I want to say this with all humility and pride, in one sense. All humility and pride in one sense that the humility is that I have seen sometimes when we come to church. And we close during the 40 days of fast. And I get out of there. I leave very early because of the midnight prayer. And I see the amount of people who came to church, which I have the record. And the cars parked outside. It doesn't tally. And I know how the church started. We had very few cars parked. But today, our car park is full. For me as a pastor, it is not ordinary to me. You may see it as ordinary. But for me, it is multiplication. I've seen the numbers grow. I said that you wanted them. The cars outside are more than the people who they give me the record on. That's how it's supposed to be. So I'll multiply exceedingly. Number two, number three, the, no longer shall your name be called Abraham, but Abraham, for I've made you the father of many nations. When covenant comes into begin to kick in in your life, covenant changes your status and name among men. When covenant kicks in, it changes your status and your name among men. It does not mean that your name will be Eric and you change it to any other name. But there's something about your name that has changed. Because when covenant kicks, he said that you shall no longer be called Abraham, the assorted one. By Abraham. And the amazing thing God did was that when he, after this very text, he asked for some things that he should do, some sacrifices he should do, all the sacrifices have their significance. I'm not going to that. But what happened was that he took the age that was in the Yahweh. Right? They had the Hebrews write it, the age, and put it into Abraham and made it Abraham. And took the age and put it into Sarah, Sarah. So covenant is a cut. So he says, I'll change your name. Some of us, when we, you, were, you were growing up, nobody wanted to hear your name in the family. But now, unless the family, you, you show up, the family meeting will be canceled. God is giving you a name. God said, you give us, you make our name great. So your business name will become great. No, you, sometimes you just tell people that I am International Central Gospel. Or they say that Dr. Tabo's church. So Dr. Tabo's name is synonymous to ICGC. He doesn't like it that way, but that is the fact. His name has become great. May God make your name great. 
May God cause your name to change. I don't know the name they have given you. I don't know what people have called you. People may have said that you are a failure. You didn't succeed. You are, you are a rejected person. Whatever it is, you are struggling. But somebody's name is changing. That the history is going to be rewritten. And I declare that your name shall change. They say you were barren, but you are about to give birth to thriftless. They say you were unemployed, but God is giving you a business. They said that things will not happen for you, but you are fulfilling your assignment. I speak over somebody here. Let your destiny kick in. Let your name change in the family. May you become a source of life, a source of direction, a source of wisdom, a source of salvation to your family. I decree and declare because of you, people's school fees will be paid in your family. Because of you, people shall eat three square meals a day in your family. Because of that, God will change your name. The barren shall become fruitful. The power of covenant. The power of covenant. So I'll change your name. Sometimes, the reason why sometimes we go through all this crisis, you go through all that crisis, everybody just rejects you. But when God kicks in, number four, verse six, he said, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. And I'll make nations of you. And kings shall come out of you. <laughs> when you're in covenant with God, he makes you fruitful. And he's not only talking about you being fruitful. Multiplication is what I spoke for. But fruitful here is talking about the fact that God will bless you with children and people out of you who are kings. You make nations out of you. Amen? So when you start a business, it's a nation. God spoke to Rebecca that there are two nations in your womb. So you are a nation. You are not going to be a nation that exists and just died and they wrote it on your tomb that you lived and died. But your name is going to come to a point that your name is going to be generational. Yeah. The kings will come from you. Psalm 112 verse 3 says that the seed of the righteous shall be mighty in the earth. Get ready. Your children are going to be in places that you will look back and say, is that how far God can bring me? Because covenant is speaking. It's a dimension where you become fruitful in almost every area. And I speak over this house that in this month, may God make you exceedingly fruitful. In the name of Jesus, may nations, concepts, ideas, books, all kinds of businesses, enterprises, under good time, inventions, innovations come out of you. May it come to pass that out of your loins, something will come out and be a blessing to the world. In the name of Jesus, a doctor will have your surname that is saving souls. A nurse will have your surname that is affecting somebody's life. Somebody from your bloodline shall begin to affect their generation. Nations will come out of us. You want to clap, clap properly. Covenant. 
covenant. Covenant. Someone say covenant. Number five. When you're in covenant, God gives you and your descendants real estate. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. Genesis chapter 17, verse 7 and 9. I will establish my covenant between me and your descendants after you in generations as an everlasting covenant. So that's why you're establishing everlasting to be God to you and the descendants after you. I will give your descendants after you land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So one of the things I will tell everyone to listen to me here, and I thank God that when we were 20 years, the 20-year plan, yeah, 20 years, Dr. Otterbo sent, I don't know, those forms are still online, but he made all of us fill forms as to own at least one acre land in our lifetime. Don't be buying shoes and going to parties every time. And if you want to buy shoe, buy, buy, if you want to buy uh, land, buy far. Not here. Because one sign that you are in covenant with God is real estate. It's a sign. So let me tell something to you. If you are here, I know Accra Lands has its own problems. You have bought land once, it was taken, twice taken. The third one, don't joke with it. It means that you are dealing with something that is generational. One sign of covenant is land. One sign that you are in covenant with God is that God will give you land. I remember the first time we got this place. I brought a man of God. When he walked into the land, he told me, Eric, God has a covenant with you in East Legon. That's why he had these three acres here waiting for you. So don't joke with it. If you are building, you have not been able to build for several years. It's not normal. Am I speaking to somebody here? Am I making sense to you? You see, there are symbols of the covenant. Now, listen to me. In the world today, the wealthiest people you find are who? The Jews. The Jews. And <laughs> do you know that most of the millionaires in the world are Jews? The Facebook guy has a Jewish background. And let me say something to you. I have gone to cities where when you are driving past, sometimes when you enter a city, <laughs> I like, when I go into a city, after I finish preaching, I don't room when I'm preaching. As they take me to the richest place in the city. If you can't get it, see it with your eyes. You conceive it. Don't look at my face like that. <laughs> don't go and be walking in some, some uh, place corner. Ah, you have gone into a city, take me to the richest place. And when any time we get to those rich areas, I say, which people are staying here? They are Jews. In America, in the UK. I was in South Africa recently, and they were showing me a whole area. A whole area. That's one of the things I want to say here. When a Jew has a law problem, he doesn't take it to 
another, another person. It's a Jew. And the Jew is blameless with the person. He does not shortchange you because you brought it to me. Anywhere in the world, if you go to New York Stock Exchange, in check. Ah, there's a book I recommended to you guys, The Jewish Phenomenon. And how deliberately, even at evening dinner, God, God, poverty is no good though. Because one of the things the Jews do is that at moon, new moon, and every dinner, they sit around table to eat as a family and discuss. Oh, you come from school, they give you the food, they throw the food on the ground and say, this, this is your banku and pepper. You just sit in the corner somewhere, you're hungry, cry. Dining table, cry. Have you seen some before? So you must. And that's how they raise the children. And the Bible says that I'll give the descendants after you. Israel is very small, but very, very rich. And they are all over the world. The former Chelsea owner, is this still owning the Chelsea? The former Chelsea owner. Yes. Where's the, where the, the Abraham of Jewish vision? He's a Jew. He's a Jew. And most of them, most of them, Zelensky is a Jew. That's why the, person, the battle is fighting is an is a old battle. It's a demonic battle. I don't want to go into that thing. And that is divided. Is a, I don't want to talk about security issues here. So it's better you leave inheritance for your children, but not only inheritance. Inheritance of godliness. Inheritance of knowing God. Inheritance of, you see, you can leave houses, you can leave three, uh, properties, but the most important inheritance is the inheritance of godliness. We have a duty, I'm talking to you as a parent now, we have a duty of raising our children, number one, better than us, knowing God better than we have known God, and they must understand covenant. I believe that every child, by the time you get to 18, voting age, you should be able to, whether as soon as you finish university, they should be paying tight. It's not because, it's not about the money. It's about the principle. And some of us have even had problems because tight is one of the covenant keys. Tight. And we have problems with tight. And we must know you see, sometimes when you, you don't take time and you become, everything works for you in the house, where bills are paid, the children don't know um, how, whatever it is. You can let them grow up not knowing God. But you must always refer your children back to how God has sustained you, how God has, how, where God has brought you from. And let me say this as a parent. I think about three, four years ago, I don't remember the time, but I took all my children, it was an Easter Sunday, I took them all to where I stayed. In fact, we couldn't even find a place where I slept in a wooden kitchen. And when it rains, water passes through, so I have to wake up. Then I took them to the second house where I stayed. I said, look, if you see whatever you are enjoying today, this is how far God has brought me. There are three things you should never forget. Where God took you from. Number two, the old friends you have. 
and the God himself. I took them there. It might not be so, but let your children know how far God has brought you. When they were growing up, what I do, I can share some of this parenting with you. When it's school fees time, I say, okay, school fees is going to be paid next time, so let's begin to pray. So all of you, let's pray to God that God will give me money to pay the fees. Meanwhile, I've got the fees ready already. God has made provision. Then when I finish paying, I say, God has now answered your prayer. I'll be talking to you. I'm going to right here, my daughter. So I have paid the fees, but I want them to know that it didn't just come because it can be done easily. But God factor. And that is the covenant. So let's teach our children. Don't keep them in the house. We have a very vibrant children's ministry. Let's give a big hand clap to the, 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 the children's ministry. We have a very vibrant youth, new breed ministry. You must be able to inculcate. Otherwise, your child will come and start telling you that there's no God. Because these people are smarter than us. I don't know whether you know that. You think you are smart, you are not smart. Oh, oh. Look at their generation. The whole... <laughs> I had a friend. The, the, the child is so gifted in IT that he, he's in GI. He can shut off every lecturer's laptop when he gets a laptop. So they have to be taking laptops from him. He can assess your information. He's now in the state doing computer science. Very sharp. And the father said, he doesn't understand. When you tell him not to do it, he can even be in the house. He can shut everybody's phone down. So our children must understand God. He said, they will, and I pray for everybody in this church that God will give you real estate. Amen. Any controversy over any last.